You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Let's dive into a brand new episode. Before we get started on this episode, here's a not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed here. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 25 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. Steve isn't nor does he offer any legal advice. For any legal advice, you must speak with a lawyer. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon. Just go to Amazon and search for author Steve Worsley. You can also take Steve's courses on Udemy or Skillshare, and you can find out more about those at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Toxic Mold Podcast with myself, Steve Worsley. Today is the beginning of March, so we're March 6th today. Today's episode is number 197, and because daylight savings time is coming up, we are going to go over our spring checklist. So what I'm going to do, we're back to just me doing these, uh, as you guys very well know, and gals. My wife, Cassandra, comes in and, and helps us out, uh, gives us a little more variety when she can. She's very busy, so she was able to do four podcasts with us for the month of February. So that luxury is gone, so all of you get to just listen to me. So hopefully, hopefully I try to give you a different perspective. That's why I like having her on. She she asks questions that most of you would probably ask. I don't think of those questions because this is what I do for a living. So I'm going to go through the list and hopefully I uh, cover most of the important things. Of course, there's, there's always more you can do for a spring checklist. And do you have to do everything on it? No, I wouldn't say so. But if you have any questions or something comes up that you feel is unique to you or your situation, feel free to reach out to me. You can always reach out to me at info at cnccontractorservices.com. That's our general information email. Uh, typically, if I get back to you, I will respond from my personal email address, which is steve at cnccontractorservices.com. And for some reason, I've told you guys this before, I don't know why, but a lot of our info at CNC and Steve at CNC, if you've never uh, corresponded with us uh, with that email address, for some reason it goes into your junk folder. So if you do reach out, make sure that you do monitor your uh, your spam folder because sometimes that's where it ends up. I'm not sure why, but uh, that's technology, I guess. So so anyhow, uh, like I said, we're, we're already into March. And if you're... 
if you're out west, mainly uh, Utah, Wyoming areas, well, even California, we're getting a lot of moisture, so it's really good. We've we've been in a drought, or classified as a drought, for quite a while now. A lot of our reservoirs are really low, and uh, so it's it's kind of nice, all this moisture we're getting. Like, California even got snow, uh, I think it was last week or a week and a half ago, so it's kind of crazy. But anyhow, so let's go over this checklist. I'm going to just read the checklist to you, and then... I will probably just go back and opine a little bit. I feel it's easier for you guys to, and gals, sorry, it's a bad habit of mine that I just say guys, I mean all of you. It's probably easier for all of you if I give you the list and then you kind of pick and choose uh, versus me just kind of going off of uh, what I think you should look at. So it's always best to start with the exterior. The reason we start with the exterior, as an inspector, the exterior gives us a great snapshot as to the major concerns we're looking for inside a home. So just like an inspection, we'll do a checklist starting from the exterior. Um, Also, starting with the exterior, if you see any defects or any problems, let's just say you have some missing shingles in one section of your home, you'll know, uh, not that you're going to crawl up into your attic, uh, but you'll know, let's just say it's the area over your master bedroom. That's somewhere you can pay a lot of attention to as far as looking around the windows or looking at the ceiling just to make sure that you have no water stains or moisture intrusion concerns. So that's why we typically like to to start with the exterior. So starting with the exterior, I'm, I don't expect all of you to get up on the roof uh, like I would as a professional, but check your roof for missing shingles and any debris. And when I talk about debris, I'm talking about things like tree limbs, uh, leaves, all sorts of stuff like that. You want to inspect your rain gutters while you're up there and inspect those for debris and any standing water. If there's standing water in those gutters, it tells us they're not sloped properly. Also make sure all rain gutter downspouts are intact and equipped with an extension so that you can get the water away from the home. We talked about grading and drainage last week. An important aspect of grading and drainage and moisture damage is making sure that that water does not sit right at your foundation. You also want to inspect your hard surfaces. So when I say hard surfaces, I'm talking about things like brick, grout, stucco, your driveway, sidewalks, foundations, asphalt, things like that. You want to check those hard surfaces for cracks, delamination, discoloration, settling, or any other defects. So when I say delamination, what what does that mean? A lot of you probably don't quite understand what I mean by that, but delamination, and it's a term that I use, I I'm sure other professionals may use different terms, but delamination is like the finish coming off of that surface. So when you talk about something like your driveway or your sidewalk, you can see it starts to pit and the aggregate gets exposed and it's not just a nice flat surface anymore. When delamination happens, it's pretty much the the early stages of a point where you need to tear out that that surface or concrete or whatever it is and replace it. So if it's delamination on something like your brick on your house, that's probably a little bit more serious. And typically what would cause that delamination would be accumulation of moisture. So water, let's just say it's your driveway, it's water that just sits there. You know, in the wintertime, if you get snow, snow piles up there and we're talking about water sitting for months. At some point, that hard surface cannot repel the water. So that's what delamination is. I got off on that little bit of a tangent just to kind of explain from a professional's point of view what we are looking at and what red flags uh, would be popping up for us 
Also, you want to inspect your siding for gaps. Those gaps could be around the doors, windows, at the corners. Uh, you want to make sure that everything is siliconed properly so that we don't get moisture coming in from the outside and getting into that wall cavity. You also want to check all of your electrical components. So that would be lights, outlets, your main power box, conduit. You want to check those for any defects when it comes to your outlets, they all have to have weatherproof covers. Make sure that, that those are, are present. Um, lights, pretty simple. Light bulbs aren't really what we're looking for. But make sure with your lights that, you know, the fixtures themselves are not separating from the walls or anything that shows uh, something a little bit more major than, than light bulbs. I would assume you would replace those light bulbs when, when they're burned out. Also, like we talked about last week, you want to verify that the grading and drainage around your home slopes for a minimum of six feet. So we want to see six feet of positive slope from your walls, which is going to be your siding and your foundation, going six feet away from the home, making sure that water has somewhere to get away from the home. We don't want all that water pooling in the area right adjacent to the foundation. Otherwise, you're going to have structural concerns, which would end up be cracks in your foundation, could be water damage to your siding, and then at some point, that causes wood rot. Uh, also with cracks and a foundation, water can come in through those cracks. That can end up down in your crawl space if you have one, or in your basement or any living areas, just depending on the style of your home. So that's pretty much it on the exterior. I'll probably come back if we have time at the end of this podcast and just kind of go over a few of the important things. So next area is probably the least likely that any of you guys want to inspect and have a checklist, and that's your crawl space and your attic. Even as a professional and even when I did home inspections and I obviously still do mold inspections, I prefer to not have to get into a crawl space and not have to get into an attic, but that's part of the job. Also, when you're doing this, uh, for those of you that have no problems grabbing a ladder, opening that hatch to the attic, if there is insulation up there that's covering your roof trusses or if you don't have a walkway that's established, whether it's OSB boards or whatever to walk on, do not walk around in that attic because if you miss the, it's not a floor joist, but if you miss the, or excuse me, the attic truss, which is what we walk on, if you miss that, you step onto the sheetrock, which is literally the ceiling below you. And if you're anything like myself, you're over 200 pounds, you're probably going to fall through that sheetrock and end up in the area below that. So uh, make sure if there is insulation that you do not walk across that attic. But once you get up in the attic, you want to be looking at all the wood components and I'm including also the crawl space. You can have obviously wood components down in your crawl space, but inspect all the wood components. So that would be your floor joists, subfloor, your roof trusses, your subroof. Inspect all those, those wood components for water stains or water damage. Also look for any discoloration that could be mold. In your attic, verify that it does have proper ventilation. Those would be things like your ridge vents, soffit vents, gable vents, and turtle backs. To opine on those just a bit, your ridge vent is something that runs right along the ridge. That's something that's newer, uh, where the peak of your roof comes to each other at the top. There's typically about two inches down on each side, might be a little more, uh, depending on the roofer, but they 
don't put the subroof there. They actually cut that back and they put a foam there and then they put shingles on top of that foam. So it kind of gives you a gap there for, for the air to circulate at the ridge vent. Your soffit vents, those are going to be the areas when you walk around the exterior of your home, you look up at your soffits and those will have vents. Sometimes they're just circle vents. Sometimes the vent is an actual the whole soffit piece itself is vented. Typically that would be every other piece, but make sure that it has that type of ventilation. Also another thing, as I said, is gable vents. Those are simple, usually an octagon or a round shape on your gable end towards the top. So up by the peak of your trusses, there's just a vent there. Uh, hopefully it has a screen on it or something to prevent things like birds or squirrels or, or any any rodents uh, or birds to get in. And then also when I say turtlebacks, those are the things typically on the back side of your roof. So it's going to be the side you don't see from the road. They're just these little, sometimes they're brown, sometimes they're black. I've never seen white ones, but they're just these little vents that give uh, ventilation into the attic. The reason that that's very important, as I always talk about, ventilation is crucial to keep your humidity levels down below 60%. Make sure in your attic and your crawl space that you do have proper ventilation. Now, if you do what I have suggested in many other podcasts, if you do have a humidity gauge up there or down in your crawl space that is Bluetooth capable, that either tells you the readings on your phone, or it has a signal that goes just to the base unit, you can monitor your humidity levels. So that's another great way to make sure you have proper ventilation. And keep in mind, we want the ventilation to not allow the area to get too cold in the winter to freeze pipes, but it has to have enough ventilation to prevent elevated humidity levels. So that's why that humidity gauge is a great thing to have. Also, uh, in your crawl space and your attics, you're going to check for pests. And we're talking things like mice, vermin, depending on where you live throughout the country. There could be raccoons, possums, squirrels, all sorts of stuff. Also, spiders, termites, things like that. Uh, spiders, obviously aren't really destructive to a home as far as structurally, nor do they typically contribute to mold. But best way to tell if you got obviously spider problems, you'll see a bunch of spider webs around in the crawl space or the attic. It's very common to have spiders in a crawl space. So if you've got a bunch of spider webs, don't freak out. That's that's nothing new. Now up in your attic, you shouldn't have a whole lot of uh, spiders. And termites, uh, the way you can tell if there's any termite damage, termites literally eat the wood and they leave almost a trail and the trail sometimes you know when I did home inspections for me and this is you know out west if you're in other places throughout the world I can I can't speak to that but here out west you know typically it almost looks like sand so it's just little fine fibers of wood so kind of like sawdust but to me it seemed more almost look like a grainier substance like sand so check for those kinds of things and if you're if you're uncomfortable as far as pest inspections you can hire a company like Terminex they come out for fairly cheap when I say fairly cheap probably a hundred dollars or less and they can do an inspection the uh, last thing you want to be looking for in your crawl space in your attic is obviously my specialty is mold-like substances. So that could be discoloration, you know, things mold when it goes into a dormant state. It's almost a blackish color. That doesn't mean it's black mold stachybotrys, but it is, it's dormant. So it, it does have a darker color to it. And 
you know, some molds are white, green, uh, but mold different mold types are going to be different colors. So then we're going to jump into the interior of your home. Uh, you want to check all your walls and ceilings for water stains and abnormal cracking. When we say abnormal cracking, those are cracks that run horizontally. Vertical cracks are normal. So things you'll see above your doorways, usually it's common to have a crack from, from that top corner of your door trim up to the ceiling. That's nothing abnormal. Also, keep in mind that our standards do state cracking up to one eighth of an inch in width so it's about the end of a pencil not very not very much uh, those are classified as common curing and settling cracks so we say abnormal cracking it, are, it it would include cracks that are like a half inch wide or wider and if you have those kinds of concerns you definitely want to get an engineer or uh someone that's more of a specialist you could hire a home inspector but they're going to refer you to an engineer or uh, someone that's specialized in more of the structural side of things also you want to inspect for mold like substances mainly behind furniture a lot of times when we find mold concerns especially in bedrooms or living rooms it's typically somebody has a couch or you know in a bedroom you have a dresser or a chest of drawers or something hutch whatever you want to call it it's typically in a corner especially on an outside corner there's usually mold behind that and a lot of that's just because you you don't move that furniture and see it so check in areas like that that do have furniture check behind that just to make sure that you don't have any water stains or suspected mold also on the interior same thing we did in the attic and in the crawl space check for any pest infestations uh, look underneath all the sinks throughout the home a lot of times we have things stored below these sinks and it's a little more difficult to move those things around to look for water stains but it's well worth it so make sure you you run those sinks then you look below make sure there are no leaks or anything like that another thing and a concern that's not really mold related but it is structural related and as you very well know structural concerns can lead to mold concerns because typically structural issues are caused by moisture. One thing that's very common to see when it comes to structural issues is uneven floors. So you want to make sure, you know, if there's tile and and, and they're starting to, to pop up or even just your carpeted floors, if they're uneven, those are things you want to pay attention to. And also, like we talk about with wood, look for water stains, you know, on, on hardwood floors or tile floors or anything like that. Once again, water typically leads to elevated humidity, which leads to mold. So check the home for all that. The last section is the mechanical rooms. And also on top of mechanical rooms, we want to talk about the mechanical components. So when I say mechanical, I'm talking about things like your HVAC, your water heaters, your sump pumps, things like that. And, you know, your your HVAC system is crucial to uh, a healthy home because obviously whatever, especially it's a, if it's forced air, whatever's going on with defects or any mold or indoor air quality concerns, if that's in your ductwork, you're literally spreading all that contaminated air throughout your home every time that furnace kicks on. Something to remember when it comes to your mechanical rooms is 
always look behind your water heaters and even behind a furnace. Check those areas where you don't normally look and look for water stains. Look for any mold-like substances. When it comes to your HVAC system, make sure that you are changing your air filters every three months or sooner if needed. When I say if needed, if you're changing your filter out every three months and they're really, really dirty, instead of waiting three months, bump it down to two and a half months. If you're changing them at two and a half months and they're still really dirty, go to two months. Uh, just make sure that, that you're changing them out when they need to be changed out. And also when you change those out, make sure you're using HEPA filters. Uh, they're a little more expensive, but they're they're well worth it. A lot of filters these days now come with a MERV rating. Uh, I always suggest something over a 14 and you know, it is a little bit more expensive, but in the long run, it's, it's well worth it. When you're checking on your furnace, also there's a condensate pipe if you have air conditioning. And you'll actually have one if you don't have air conditioning also. Check that pipe and make sure that it's going to a drain. Uh, I mentioned sump pumps. Make sure you check your sump pit where your sump pump is. If you have to dump some water in there to test the pump itself, dump some water in there with a bucket. Make sure that that pump kicks on, check the discharge pipe and make sure that it is putting the water somewhere where it cannot come back into the home. You don't want to recycle that water. Also for your water heater, you want to check that for any rust. Typically at the bottom, there, you'll see some rust. Also check all the fittings and make sure that there's no calcium buildup. So it's usually just a white substance. If there's a minor leak, that calcium in the water will typically allow itself to crystallize and silt itself up. So check around the water heater and all your, your plumbing supply lines that are down in your mechanical room or wherever your mechanical room is. And check for all that calcification because that would tell you that there was a previous leak. Next section that we want to talk about is your indoor air quality. That is obviously my specialty, but there are things that you need to have done routinely. One of the things we talk about is radon. Make sure you have your home tested for radon every other year. I personally would recommend having it tested with a CRM. That's a continuous radon monitor. That's a machine we use as professionals. It's fairly simple. We set the machine up. We give you the paperwork telling you the type of conditions we're testing under. The machine literally takes a reading every hour. We come back three days later, we print off the results, we tell you whether it's good or bad. Radon is something, as far as indoor air quality, you want to make sure you're paying attention to because it is the second leading cause of lung cancer next to smoking. Also, as far as indoor air quality, VOCs, volatile organic compounds. Those are going to be things such as perfumes, off-gassing, that could be stains, paints, it could be the smells from candles, could be from cleaning supplies. It's a whole slew of things. We've done podcasts about it where we go into deeper details, but VOCs are something that really can wreak havoc on your health. You know, when we talk about mold, as far as indoor air contaminants, it's not the only thing that can make you sick. So make sure you're you're paying attention to VOCs. We already talked to you about having a pest inspection. And then obviously for mold, you should have your home tested for indoor air quality concerns. 
every other year when it comes to mold sooner if you think you have any other concerns. So the last section, uh, I know that we're a bit longer than I normally go, so I'm going to try to wrap this up. But the last section of our checklist is safety things. Um, make sure that your smoke detectors are all operational and change out the batteries if necessary. Make sure all your handrails and guardrails are sturdy and operational. So those could be handrails going up and down the stairs, could be guardrails outside on your decks, things like that. Make sure that they're all secure. Make sure you have an operational fire extinguisher on hand, whether it's in your pantry closet or in your garage. Somewhere close to the kitchen is the best place to have it. Make sure there's a dial on the top that has an indicator that says if it's operational or not. So make sure you check that dial. Also, when it comes to fires, make sure you have a fire escape plan and you have reviewed that with the occupants of the home and you have talked to them about how they would get out of their bedrooms or out of the home in case of a fire. I will wrap this up. Thank you for listening. I went a bit longer than I normally do, but like I said, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. This week, I want to promote our Mold 101 digital bundle. Uh, as you very well know, it's something we just started doing here about a month ago, and it's it's becoming quite popular. It's something you can purchase through our website, and that is at cnccontractorservices.com forward slash the mold 101 bundle. It is a hidden link, so you can't just find it if you go to the website. We're doing that just to see, uh, since it's new, we're trying to see where we're getting a lot of our customers and clients from. So for now, it's 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 a hidden link. But like I said, you can find it cnccontractorservices.com forward slash the mold 101 bundle if you don't remember that i'm going to put a comment in the link below this podcast episode and if you still don't see it or you're having problems feel free to reach out to me at info at cnccontractorservices.com so once again thank you for listening to the toxic mold podcast today was episode 197 Thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure you go to our website at cnccontractorservices.com and sign up for the mold investigation checklist. Again, go to cnccontractorservices.com and get your free mold investigation checklist today. You can also on cnccontractorservices.com find out more about Steve's courses and books and consultations. Once again, go to cnccontractorservices.com.